This is a song titled The Ladies Who Sing with the Band. It's a tune that first appeared in a musical titled Early to Bed that opened this very day on Broadway, June 17, 1943. The music was composed by Thomas Fats Waller, the first musical on Broadway about white people with a score by a black composer, and it was a success. Yet Early to Bed is a footnote in histories of musical theater, according to John McWhorter in his essay, Long Time No Song, revisiting Fats Waller's Lost Broadway musical. Even though Early to Bed isn't much remembered, this song from the show, The Ladies Who Sing with the Band, has been given a new life because it is part of the Tony Award-winning musical review Ain't Misbehavin' that opened on Broadway in 1978. All you gotta do is give me air and I'll fit it, one way or another. Yes, yes, yes. Rebel Stages will present Ain't Misbehavin' this weekend in Stroudsburg and the following weekend in Wilkes-Barre, giving us a chance to hear the ladies who sing with the band and much-loved Waller favorites like Honeysuckle Rose, Mean to Me, and the title tune, among many others. Rebel Stages was founded in the Poconos by Brandon Hanks, and he directs the show and performs in it too. Once the curtain closes on the production this weekend at the School of Visual and Performing Arts in Stroudsburg, the cast and crew will pack up and then arrive at the Little Theater in Wilkes-Barre to present Ain't Misbehavin' the following weekend, June 26th and 27th. We had a chance to speak by phone with Brandon Hanks about Rebel Stages and the show, and David Parmalee, general manager of the Little Theater of Wilkes-Barre, about the collaboration. It turns out that Brandon Hanks is doing what he loves more than anything. I started in high school. I sort of didn't want to really participate in theater. I knew it was something that I was always interested in, but I was sort of hanging around with the wrong crew, the crew that would say, oh, no, that's not for you. That's for, that's for sissies. That's for girls, you know. And then I had a cousin of mine who did The Wizard of Oz. And she played the Wicked Witch, and she was so good. And I was like, ooh, I think I, I think I really need to give this a chance. So the next year, I auditioned for a show, Susical the Musical. And uh, I got in the show. And immediately after the bows, I came off stage weeping and crying. And I told my mom, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I have to do this. I love this. I just felt like everything had sort of connected. All the stars had aligned, and I finally felt that that was my purpose. And after that, I haggled with my mom, and she got me into classical voice lessons. She put me into ballet classes, acting classes, and then the rest is history. I got really serious about it. And after high school, I studied acting at Atlantic Theater Company in New York City. Then I started working as an actor around the country a little bit. And then um, I landed at Shawnee. <laughs> when you go out and you audition, you pound the pavement. I heard a lot of people sort of pigeonholing me into one sort of typecast because I am, um, if anyone has seen me, I mean, this is you're hearing my voice, but I am a, I'm a big black man. 
<laughs> and so when I walk into the room, people expect for me to sound a certain way. But like I said, growing up in high school, I, I, I was classically trained, so I had more of an operatic tone, but they wanted to sort of mold me into this pop tenor sort of Luther Vandross or Titus Burgess sort of voice, and that's just not what I had. So that comes around to me creating Rebel Stages, which is a company that I, I made to sort of fight against that and say that as long as you can, you know, kickball change and sing a high C, that's what matters. It doesn't matter what you look like. Doesn't matter what size you are, doesn't matter who you love, as long as you've got the talent and you can deliver a good story, we want you. Is that all caught up in the title Rebel? Yes, yep. Spelling against the traditional sort of, you know, casting industry. I feel like the entertainment industry is already like very surface level and if you look pretty then you can make it, but I feel like that's not the that's not the way to, to good art and storytelling. It's it's telling human stories and making sure that the audience is going home and reflecting on what they've seen on stage and sort of like looking inward and having these thought-provoking conversations that, you know, could eventually hopefully change the world. And that's really what art is about to me. When did you start Rebel Stages? I started Rebel in 2017, a few years ago. We started with a, a Broadway review and then I went into a production of Dog Sees God, which is a, a parody of Charlie Brown and the Peanuts, but it sort of showcases them more grown up and highlights what they go through in, in high school and like these sexual identities and dealing with racism and dealing with drugs and things like that and trying to tell more of a, um, yeah, like I said, a thought-provoking story a story that sort of would resonate more with everyone. And I feel like in our area, we do some like great theater in the Poconos, but I feel like we needed a, a more a grungier, darker sort of company that would really showcase these uh, stories that dealt with race and, and queerness and, and things like that. I feel like we have a very, uh, we're in like sort of like a square when it comes to our, our, our shows sometimes. Because we're, we're catering to a certain type of audience, but we have to make sure that we expose the audience to, to these stories. Otherwise, they're just going to stay within that square. So my, my goal with Rebel was to sort of chip away at that and hopefully enlighten some people that it's not just, it's not just that square. It's, you know, it's breaking out of that square. And there are some circles and there are some triangles. And, you know. <laughs> do you have a brick-and-mortar place to hang your hats? Where do you do these productions? Our home base is most, we do most of our shows at Shawnee Playhouse. Shawnee Playhouse and the School of Visual and Performing Arts. Stroudsburg, uh, Shawnee and the Delaware area. Are you founder, artistic director, actor, director? Do you do all of those things in addition to the folks who work with you? What are the things you are responsible for? <laughs> all of the above. <laughs> I am the, the founder, the director, producer, choreographer, actor, singer, dancer. You should see me now. We're in Tech Week for 8 Must Haven, and I am literally doing everything. I'm in the show. I'm directing. I'm choreographing. I'm hanging up the lights. I'm doing the sound. I'm doing Brandon, why did you decide that 8 Must Haven would be the next show? Well, 8 Must Haven is a Fat Swaller tribute based on the, the Harlem Renaissance. And I just felt like I wanted to do it last year for uh, Black History Month, but 
with the pandemic and everything, things sort of didn't work out. But especially now, highlighting a musical like Ain't Misbehaving, the Harlem Renaissance, which is such a pivotal moment in our history, it was sort of the first moment where you would see Black artists being embraced, not only their talent, but also in their presentation of the Black experience. It was the first time that white audiences could actually relate, and they didn't see these Black actors in blackface. You know, it was the first moment in our history where we sort of started to lean away from the minstrelsy era. And yeah, it sort of like highlighted and cultivated this whole new expression in music and in and, and, and culture and embraced Black artists, and not only Black artists, but also queer artists as well. We look at these historical figures like Langston Hughes and James Baldwin and Billie Holiday, but there was there was some queerness to them, and they were embraced in this world. And that's why I really wanted to highlight and showcase this show, because I hate misbehaving is just right in that era. Yeah. There's not much dialogue. Yep, it's a musical review, so we go from one number right into the next number. One moment we're swinging and dancing and throwing each other up in the air, and then the next we're giving you a nice ballad and just (laughs) parking and barking. (laughs) And what about your musical forces? We have five black, incredible artists that will be in the cast. We have uh, Nikki Cohen and uh, Jazzy Thomas, Andrew Stewart, Alyssa Ramsey and myself, Brandon Hanks, which will be presenting these characters. And we're also playing homage to the original Broadway cast. The original Broadway cast starred Nell Carter and Ken Page, Armelia McQueen, Andre DeShields, who just recently won the Tony for Town. And are you having live music, live accompaniment? We are having live music. We have a seven-piece band uh, backing us up, and they are incredible. They are led by Karina Cohen, and Karina has done such an incredible job with music directing, and she's really taking taking her time, making sure that we have the right tools to succeed, both as performers and as the band leader as well. So it's it's really been an incredible experience, and we're all just having a blast. And I understand you're almost sold out on Saturday. Is that right? We are. We are. We only have three tickets left, so, you know. (laughs) Now, that gives us a chance to segue over to David. And, David, we want to know how you and Brandon came together. But, David, I want a drum roll here because this is your moment to tell us about what's about to happen at Little Theater of Wilkes-Barre. Now is the time, Erica, and how we have waited for it, 15 months and during that time, you've been so kind to us spreading the word about the streaming we've been doing. We we did a live stream of our season announcement gala for a season that turned out not to be yet. We thought it would happen a lot sooner than it would. We produced some plays for streaming. We streamed content that we had licensed for. But not a soul has been welcomed into the Little Theater as an audience member since that fateful opening and closing night of The Wedding Singer, March 13th, 2020. So when we were given this opportunity by Brandon, who's a good friend of our artistic director, Scott Collin, we thought, what better way to welcome folks back into that audience than with this show? And we are so fortunate to be able to do it. We bring the show right there to Wilkes-Barre. Yeah, we're so excited. We're so, 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 so excited to bring it to Wilkes-Barre. And it's the kind of show that can do that, right? It's not a big set. You need 15 set changes or anything, right? 
No, no, no. It's sort of one unit set, and it's mostly based on on the actors and the band. It's almost like we're we're the set in a sense. It's a very simple sort of immersive experience with the audience. We get to talk to them. We get to interact with them and sort of use them as our <laughs> as our co-stars. So we're so excited. We're so happy to work with Little Theater and grateful for the opportunity to, to bring this show there. And here's the, the wonderful part of that equation. Little Theater has never produced Ain't Misbehaving. So Ooh. first time for Rebel Stages to perform there. First time for Ain't Misbehaving to be formed on that stage. And since it premiered in 1978, it's about time. Yep. And remind listeners, David, about the history Little Theater has with musicals. Well, we did a couple of things during our downtime, one of which was to expand our uh, written history of what's been produced at Little Theater. And when you go back to the 20s and 30s, uh, some of the things that were produced, we didn't even know what they were. You know, we had never heard of these plays. But uh, post-World War II, which was already 20 years into the history of that that marvelous old place, they began to host things that were just off-Broadway. You start to see the golden age of Broadway being produced in a small town, things like Carousel in Oklahoma, Rigadoon, things of that nature. So while the first 10 or 20 years or so tended to be smaller, less ambitious productions, post-war, they tended to be very ambitious. And again, there aren't too many things we haven't produced there. I think there are, there are over 500 at this point, but this is one of them. So we're so glad to have it. Uh, every show we do has a live orchestra. And Brandon and I talked about what he's preparing here. And the idea of a seven-piece jazz orchestra accompanying this music that we all know is just delicious. I mean, Brandon, talk about some of the songs other than uh, what you've brought up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We have Honeysuckle Rose and Take Nobody's Business. Of course, the, the titular song, Ain't Misbehaving, Cash for Your Trash, Viper's Drag. We have so many just iconic jazz standards in this in this show, and I'm so excited to, to bring them, especially the jazz fans. The jazz fans go, they go crazy over this show. So you're, if you're a jazz fan, come on out and come see us for sure. <laughs> more, than, more than one historian has said that if you could pick one thing to define American culture, it would be jazz. Yes. And jazz has evolved so far in over 100 years. And one thing that's particularly exciting to do is to look at the roots of where we are now, not just jazz, but African-American music uh, in general, and, and look yep. back where it came from. You see, Fats Waller is a guy who, who died at age 39, uh, but his impact was widespread. This is also a joy-filled musical. It's exuberance like a champagne cork popping open as we begin to wind down and open up those restrictions. It sounds like this is the kind of thing that just goes, poo! 100%. 100%. It's so high energy. We are... (laughs) We were joking as a cast last night because... We were absolutely just drenched in sweat because we it, there's only the five of us in the show, so we have to give our all in almost every single number. Of course, we have those moments where we can just stand there and sing behind a microphone, which is really nice, but we are dancing. We are giving every ounce of ourselves in this performance because I feel like the stakes are so high. And also as an artist, too, I mean, a lot of us were working on projects prior to the pandemic, and then that all just sort of stopped and was just canceled. So now we, I feel like artists, theater artists especially, we have this sort of 
this new this new stakes where we, we just feel like we need to perform like it's our last, you know, like <laughs> you never know what tomorrow might bring. It might be canceled. It might not. It might not happen because there might be a pandemic or anything can happen. We certainly understand what you're saying, but let's assume there will be a future. Look ahead with us for Rebel Stages. Do you have a season planned? We do. So we have a very diverse season. Next month in July, we are going to be doing some Shakespeare. We're going to be presenting Midsummer Night's Dream at Dansbury Park in East Stroudsburg, July 16th through the 18th. And then after that, we will be doing Pirates of Penzance in August. So we are uh, we are opening the show on Saturday, June 19th, which is Juneteenth at 8 p.m., and Sunday, June 20th at 3 p.m. Those performances will be at the School of Visual and Performing Arts in Stroudsburg. And your website? www.rebelstages.com. That's how we can see it if we're in the Poconos. What about here? Well, Brandon and his cast and crew and orchestra will be packing up just very shortly after they're down in the Poconos and traveling to Wilkes-Barre to actually reconstruct that nightclub environment he was talking about on our stage. And that's going to happen for two performances, Saturday the 26th at 8, and then a matinee Sunday the 27th at 3. It's a wonderful partnership and a wonderful example of collaboration and what that can mean. Exactly. And uh, all we can say is how grateful we are for those two things to happen at once, for Brandon and his cast, his crew, his orchestra, to bring us that gift of their creative process and to be able to welcome people back into our audience again after so long. Two wonderful things happening at the same time. How lucky can you get? David Parmalee, general manager of the Little Theatre of Wilkes-Barre, and Brandon Hanks, founder and artistic director of Rebel Stages in Stroudsburg, speaking about the musical review Ain't Misbehavin', a Tony Award winner that opened on Broadway in 1978. It's going to be produced this weekend, June 19th at 8 p.m. and June 20th, the Sunday matinee at 3 at the School of Visual and Performing Arts in Stroudsburg by Rebel Stages. And then, as we heard David Parmalee say, Brandon and company will pack up the show and move up to Wilkes-Barre on June 26th for a performance at 8 p.m. and June 27th at 3 p.m. That's the Little Theatre of Wilkes-Barre. And for more information, you can check either website or both, rebelstages.com, rebelstages.com, or ltwb.org. That's Ain't Misbehavin', the musical review, Fats Waller's music, and presented June 19th at 8 and June 20th at 3 at the School of Visual and Performing Arts in Stroudsburg by Rebel Stages, directed by Brandon Hanks, our guest today. And then on June 26th at 8 p.m. and June 27th at 3 p.m., the show will be presented at the Little Theatre of Wilkes-Barre. And for more information on the web, rebelstages.com or ltwb.org. Like Jack on up.